Welcome to Texans Unfiltered. Here we go, here we go! A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. Alright guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered. Brought to you by Run Game Clothing. Go to RunGameClothing.com to get all of your Houston swag for your Astros, Rockets, Texans. Uh, go to RunGameClothing.com. Use promo code UNFILTERED for all of your for 15% off your order um, and for all your Houston team uh, swag, apparel, whatever it is that you want to call it. Uh, John, real quick before we get into the football of things. Um, how are you feeling about having that asterisk by? Uh, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can make the switch to the to the orange anymore. You know. Oh, because of this so-called LA filling. Whatever is one thing, you know. But we're not cheaters, and. Uh, oh come you know, on! Yeah, you are. You know, L- LA's never been known to cheat, but you know now the Astros are joining. Yeah, I feel like the company. Astros are now like the Patriots of baseball. The Patriots of baseball. They're getting accused of doing whatever it takes to win. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You know what's funny about the Patriots? What's that? None of the Patriots fans care. I know, right? <laughs> None of them care. None so of them whatever. are thinking even in, even anything about Deflategate, Spygate, whatever. They're all they care about is the W. I which mean, that's just God. It does. It, it's funny to me because. This has been going on since baseball's been around. The only difference is it's been recorded. Like, that's the only difference. It, it happens every game. Yeah. No, that's kind of the entire point of baseball sometimes. And it's, it is what it – it's just – it's one of those things like if they did it, they did it. It doesn't really change anything because they're not the only team out there doing it. But – it's also kind of one of those that's kind of sketchy, maybe. I mean, the, it, they have the one at bat about from Evan Gaddis, and Evan Gaddis... It's one at bat, dude. One at bat, it's and one. he struck out on that at bat. It's like, if it happened as commonly as they're being accused of, then where's the other 100 at bats? I mean, there's at minimum 27 at bats per side in baseball every game, and you've got one. From a hundred and whatever sixty-three game season, one at bat. Well, and then also, if that's what's happening, why did they leave so many runners in scoring position in the postseason? Like, you know, like there's just so many factual things that come with this that need to be taken into account. Like, if you're if you're literally if if you are if you are sharing the signal of the pitch. The likelihood of connecting on balls thrown is a lot higher. Why did they leave so many runners in scoring position throughout the entire postseason? It's just, I don't know. It's a stretch to me, but whatever. Uh, all right. Uh, John, bye week. What, what games did you enjoy this week? Uh, what, what games did you watch? Which which ones did you enjoy? Uh, what did you learn through the bye week? I had babysitting duties. It's not really babysitting. He's my little boy. But oh, I had sick. predominant uh, child care this weekend because it was a bye week. And the Texans didn't play, so I got to watch bits and pieces of, of, of several different games, but I didn't really get to watch anybody in full. Watched a little bit of the Chiefs and the Titans. 
I try to watch the Titans every week because that's my dad's team, and, you know, I like to be able to talk to him about it. I, of course, tried to watch a couple minutes of the Seahawks and the Niners. Um, ended up watching the second half of that. I always try and watch Clowney when I can. And then, surprisingly, the game that I watched the most of, and I wish I could get get it back, was the um, was the Colts and the Dolphins. Oh, oh God, God, dude! Like, please, oh. just I, what's the joke on Reddit? The eye bleach. I need plenty of it after watching that. And yeah. I watched a little bit of Lamar Jackson run around and just make people look stupid. But yeah. That's pretty much what I watched. What about you? Yeah, I watched the Titans game. Uh, that was a really good game. Uh, the Titans looked like a competent team. Um, I, I, you know, whatever. Ryan Hunt, Tannehill. We said at the beginning of the season that we thought that that would be the best, like the move that nobody talked about that should have been talked about. And um, I, I don't think that he's an upper echelon quarterback, but I think he's just a better version uh, have the quarterback position that they needed compared to Marcus Mariota and what he's gone through in his career. Now Marcus will probably go on and be successful if he goes somewhere else like Chicago or, you know, wherever else he goes. Also depends on what happens with Colin Kaepernick now. Um, but, um, yeah, I watched that game. Um, I watched the end of the Cowboys game. I watched all of the Carolina-Green Bay game. I came away from that game feeling a lot better about the performance uh, against Carolina. They're I really did downplay what their defense is and how good their defense is in their front four. Um, they're very good, very good defensive team. Uh, they're really, they're, I mean, they're able to get after the quarterback. Um, so I apologize to the Panthers fans uh, for downplaying that. I, I do think that Deshaun did have a down game also, so I think those two combined. But, um, yeah. And then I watched... I watched all of the uh, Niners-Seahawks game. It was probably the best game of the year. Um, your boy Debo looked like a really good player once Emmanuel Sanders went out. Um, Debo is going to be a player. I, no, he is. He's going to he be is. a player. I agree 100%. Um, it's funny that they traded for Emmanuel Sanders, and then when I watch Debo play, it's like I almost see a very similar wide receiver. Yeah, Debo's a rookie year, and, I mean, the Niners are good. I mean, obviously they're good, but they're they're a really good team this year, so they needed to bring some experience in. But the Niners, what's scary about them is they're going to be good for a couple of years. And I think that their weakest link is their quarterback. I agree. Yeah, I agree. That front that front seven is stupid ridiculous. I mean, it's that's a really good defense. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, and then yeah. And then, yeah, we'll get into it for a minute. Um, and then Clowney just decided to make sure that he reminded everybody in Houston uh, what we got rid of. And that's really what he did. All you know, and it, the best part about this, John, was it was literally the first two defensive snaps that he had, and you, you didn't get to watch the game. First snap that he had, pressure on Garoppolo, forced a, a incompletion. Second snap on defense. Uh, got a hit on Garoppolo, forced a throw away, and it just continued. It didn't end. Uh, I think he finished with nine quarterback hits, um, a sack, a uh, fumble recovery, a fumble force, a uh, bunch of tackles. I mean, he really, you know, I mean, we all know. You know, I wasn't really excited to do a bi-week podcast to start with, and you're going to just hit me with that right out the gate. 
out the ga- out the gate. I I miss Clowney. I do. That's one of those where we've been, we've tried to downplay it. We've tried to try and buy in, and then Clowney goes out there, and you know we could use them. We really could. And Jacob Martin and Martivius Bingo. 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 I, I don't know. Mingo. Mingo. Martinius Mingo. We call him Bingo was his name. Um, they're not going to make me feel any better. They're just – they're not. And Conley, he's going to end up being a good corner. I think he's going to be a great corner for us. But we had other third-round picks we could have used to trade. Yeah. Yeah, that's – it all com- – when it comes to Clowney, you know – it, it, it all comes back to just the fact that he could be on this team this year and there was no reason for him to be gone. You know, a lot of people get caught up in, you know, I saw people say, well, you know, the Tunsil trade. Yeah, the Tunsil trade had nothing to do with it. Uh, you know, I saw. The you know, only thing that the Tunsil trade had to, to do here. with it, and we we do kind of have to touch on it a little bit. The Tunsil trade, the reason it had something to do with it is it burned that bridge. I think Bill O'Brien was trying to be clever and maybe give up one first-round pick and Clowney for Tunsil. Yeah. yeah. And he burned that bridge with Clowney, and that's where it has to play in. Now, I think that, and we've said it before, that I think the best course of action after that would have been Bill O'Brien swallowing his pride and going to Clowney and dude, I'm sorry. Yeah, I tried. I get it. You don't want to go there. We still got him. We're still a better team. But, I mean – that's not my ego. That's not my pride. And I don't know how, if, that, if that was even tried or not. But to me, there is a little bit of the tensile trade that did have an involvement in Clowney, and it was pissing Clowney off. Yeah, no. I mean, there was definitely – that's what that's the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Like, he knew that he was in uh, parts of the conversation and the negotiations for Laramie Tunsil. Um, and, and that's what started to divide the two. I think there was already some division there with him not being in camp uh, and then him also not accepting the, the offer that was given to him last season. Uh, you know, if I had to guess, I would assume that that offer was in the ballpark of what they probably offered Whitney Merciless, maybe a little bit higher. You know, Whitney had a down, you know, down first three years here. We caught him with two years left uh, counting the fifth-year option. And, you know, Whitney's on a bargain deal. Uh, Clowney... Just to know, you know, I feel like I know my worth, and I don't want to sign that. And I, I think the the biggest issue with this whole situation still is just the fact that when you when you go to Twitter and you see just people still bashing Clowney. I mean, they're still talking about how – I even saw a tweet on here on Twitter that said, you know, there – or what was it? It was somebody named A.J. Hoffman, uh, even though Michael – reached out to me and told me not to mess with that guy, that he's a clown. But he his tweet was pretty good. He said, name one player that you would rather have on defense than Jadavian Clowney on our team. And the answer is none. On our the right team? answer. Yeah, on our team. The answer is none. Um, and it's a, I mean, it's a solid question, right? And, you know, then, then people tried to justify DJ Reader. Look, I love DJ. Uh, we all love DJ. Uh, he, he's a top three nose tackle, defensive tackle in this league. Maybe Bernard Mac. Maybe B Mac. Maybe. I mean, but maybe Justin Reed because of how young he is. 
Maybe. Maybe, but then you look at safety and you see kind of what the market has been, and I don't know. But outside of those th- two, because uh, I don't think DJ's in that conversation. I love DJ, but uh, defensive tackle, you can just it, – it's been shown that you can have a formidable defense without a solid to above average defensive tackle. And, and he's not above average. He's, he's top tier. But um, I, I would still take Clowney over – Reed and 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 BMAC, honestly. Um, I'm just saying maybe BMAC. Like no, 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 yeah, yeah, agreed. I'm just saying. I, I was just making my like my my thought, my opinion clear is I would still take Clowney over them. And if we could get a year of a hel- of a healthy Watt, but no, it's one of those situations where. I don't want to get too much into it because we are actually having we're having a good year and. For the most part, Bill O'Brien has made the right moves. However, there is really no defense for the clowny situation other than to say that we have to remember these guys are, are people too. And Bill O'Brien got caught in the cookie jar, essentially. He, he went to Clowney, and he essentially, the story, depending on the sources, is Bill O'Brien didn't want to trade Clowney when Brian Gain did. And that's part of the reason why Brian Gain is no longer here. Um, So Bill O'Brien had his back, wasn't going to trade Clowney. And then Clowney somehow got turned into the Dolphins trade because the Dolphins actually originally offered Tunsil for BMAC straight up. And I don't buy that. That's just that's just the rivers. Now, yeah, yeah. now granted, again, ten years from now, if these guys all become Hall of Famers and we get a book written out of it, I would love to read that book. But my understanding from, and this is just, again, we talked about it at the time. It's like piecing it all together. The Dolphins tried to get BMAC. Again, we kind of talked about it at the time. If you want to build a Parcells-style defense, you would need a player like BMAC, and that's what the Dolphins are trying to do, trying to completely flip their thing. And it got changed into Clowney. It got agreed upon with Clowney. Clowney's not signing. But Bill O'Brien fell in love with Tunsil, wasn't going to let him go, gets Tunsil in, and then was afraid that we'll have a black hole on our in our lineup where Cloudy was supposed to be, and they got rid of him because they didn't think he was going to show up. That was more or less which, what it came down to. They which, they completely which destroyed the value of Clowney. I maybe if there was apologies, maybe if there was something, there was some something done in good faith. Maybe if they had paid the extra whatever three million it was, the defensive end versus linebacker rate on the franchise tag for this year, giving him a good contract, I think that there was ways around it. Yeah. But to me, it still just screams that these are people too, and neither one of them we're going to let their we're going to let their egos be pushed aside. Like they both wanted to be right. Clowney for trusting Bill O'Brien and then being essentially backstabbed, and Bill O'Brien for doing whatever he could to protect his Sean. Like, he's not wrong, but not swallowing with pride and trying to make it right with Clowney. Yeah, I still think, though, with Clowney, I, he's, he said, and there's been reports, that he was going to report two weeks before the season. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't he I don't know if there was ego on Clowney's side. I, I just haven't seen enough to where I would say that that's the case. I think I don't think it was ego. I think it was more or less I, I'm not going to Miami. And if you guys are trying to shot me there, then where else are you going to try right. to shot I, me? Right, I don't think it was ego on Clowney's side either. I, I yeah. think that it was so, Clowney felt betrayed by him, and he didn't know if he could trust him anymore. He didn't know I, if he I could walk was, back in and sign his, his tender. 
Uh, I think, yeah, maybe, quite possibly. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that's, I mean, it, it is what it is. I, I still think, like I said, this team is, this year is better with Clowney. It is what it is. He's not on the team. He's gone. We, have, we get to watch him play in Seattle where, you know, he had a great game last night. I guess, like I said, the, the problem that I have is, you know, it's, you know, on Twitter, it's, oh, well, he's he has these one games every once in a while, or he has has, you know, this type of game and this type of performance. And it's like, dude, you guys really just don't watch the guy play. And that's the saddest part about all of this is we we said it when he left that I thought that his appreciation would actually go up once he left. And once we saw what he's capable of doing on another team, I thought the fan base would be like, wow, okay, maybe we did miss on this. Um, but we did. And, well, we're trying, and, to be, we're trying to be like that jealous ex-girlfriend right now. No matter what Clowney does right now, we're trying to downplay it because we're still hoping that we made the right move. And, yeah, no, that's, that's fair. And, I mean, we're, we're guilty of it too. Like there's – I mean, I, we've sat here on this podcast and I'm not going to defend it and try to say we've tried to talk ourselves down because, I mean, we obviously had an hour podcast where we essentially cried that we lost Clowney. And, you know, it, it's one of those things that just is what it is. And I want Clowney to do well. I hope he wins a, a defensive player of the year. And I mean that. Now does it hurt? Because we we didn't even get a bag of we didn't even get a bag of potato chips for him. But no. it is what it is and we just have to kinda of move on and kind of appreciate that other than that, Bill O'Brien's done a really good job this year. And I, I no, know, he has. And of course we and we have to take a step back and look at the rest of the his body of work right now and the players that he's put on the team. And we've got as good as a team as we've had in a long time. Granted, it all starts and ends with Deshaun Watson, but the team that he's put around him is, is pretty legit. Yeah, no, the team's good. It's still going to bother me and it's still going to be one of those things that we look back on. You know, this will be the end of it for now. Um, but oh, just, um, what, just one, coming soon this off season, we're going to have another one. Oh, we are, yeah, because he's going to get signed. And for all you idiots that are saying he's not going to get a nice paycheck, you must not pay attention to this league. Because, I mean, Preston Smith, uh, Zadarius Smith, all signed massive. Trey Flowers. Clowney's better than all of those players. Clowney's going to get paid. So, whatever. I'm, uh, yeah. Uh, Colts lost to the Dolphins. I, you know, I wanted to spend some time on this, but now I'm just frustrated. So, uh, Colts Let's lost move to on the to our early Christmas present. Yep, there it is. Colts lost to the Dolphins. Whatever. Dolphins can't even tank right. Obviously, they're not even <laughs> trying to tank. Uh, Titans beat the Chiefs. You know, that's the hey. You know that's what? Really, this the story. Is, I, I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna spin this back to the Dolphins. How on earth did we make a playoff appearance with Brian Hoyer as our quarterback? Hoyer the destroyer. Well, I mean. Wait. He Bill still Ryan. he still went through his I mean he still went through his progressions the exact same he did as he did with the Texans and yet we were actually able to turn those into positive plays his one yard pass we would somehow get first downs and then you watch him on a team that is supposed to be one of the, the deepest in the league like they're supposed to be a combination of role players and wow so maybe. I mean, it may, he may still be big old dumb Bill O'Brien, but just one of those things to just kind of think about maybe just a little bit. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I th- if I had to say what the biggest difference is, is just the fact that he had D-Hop. You know, he doesn't really have that. 
that that kind of helps when you have a wide receiver that that can can make those plays and make those catches. Wasn't that the year where it was like Brian Hoyer threw the most uncatchable balls, and yet D Hop still had like thirteen hundred yards? Um, Brian Hoyer actually his one year with us he was the most accurate quarterback between one and nine yards um, that's been recorded. No, no, no. No, what I'm saying is, is yes, he, they were caught balls, but from what I remember reading, the balls that he threw were uncatchable but still caught by DeAndre. I, I'll have to second-guess that. I just remember that Hoyer from one to nine yards was had one of the most accurate seasons ever, and then everything past that, he was one of the most inaccurate um, seasons ever. And this was with Sharp, based on what Sharp football um, collected. Mm-hmm. So who knows how accurate that is? And the one which you may be thinking of, maybe his 15-yard passes, has anything over 10 yards. He was wildly inaccurate. Yeah. Well, anyways, Colts lose. Um, Titans beat the Chiefs. Um, you know, you see, I, this is the, the second thing this week that made me feel like we lost something on during the bye week. Like we we lost our signature win. And we yeah. lost Clowney. And we were supposed to be all happy because, you know, the Colts lost to the Dolphins. Like, that was supposed to make us happy. And then these two things happened. Yeah, and then the Browns won. Um, that never helped. But um, <laughs> We're going to make the, this a rivalry. Uh, you can't make it a rivalry when your quarterback sucks. Um, the uh, – I mean, the Titans – we, we've said it for a while. They have a good defense. Yeah. Um, and they do. They have a, a really good defense. And, you know, all they needed was a shot in the arm at quarterback, and they seem to have got it. Brian Tannehill's playing really good football right now. Um, and, you know, the Chiefs really aren't the Chiefs. And, I, you know, I said it at the beginning of the season. Nobody bought, nobody believed me either. Everybody thought that, you know, this was going to be, you know, just the same thing from last year. And that's just not how the league works. It just changes every year. And, you know, that team has relied on Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, it's funny. Me and Preston were texting back and forth today, and uh, he was telling me that he's like, you know, um, what did he say? He said something about Deshaun, you know, being really truly considered to be an MVP. Will he be able to do it after Russell Wilson's performance last night? And I I told him I don't care if he wins MVP. I I actually don't want Deshaun Watson to win MVP. And it's it's specifically because – Typically, the quarterbacks that win MVP are the entire team. Uh, A lot of times, those quarterbacks that win MVP don't end up winning the whole thing. It's usually a balanced attack. And I would prefer for Deshaun Watson to throw for 4,300 yards and 35 touchdowns and, you know, nine interceptions and us win and continue to go. Then us go like 13-3 and in the regular season, him blow the stats out of the water and we did it all on his back. And when you look at the Chiefs right now, even when Pat Mahomes has a good game, they still aren't winning right now. And they need superior Patrick Mahomes to be able to win, and that's not what what's happening. Um, so, I don't know. It's just it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm not buying the Chiefs. That defense is freaking atrocious. Twitter Badger's back. He's, he's, <laughs> and throwing his know. teammates under the bus. Yeah, Twitter Badger's back. He's throwing his team. We just need a couple dogs. Uh, you know, they need, like, I don't know, 12 dogs? Because I don't really consider a Chihuahua a dog, and that's what I would <laughs> consider uh, Tyron Matthews. So, um, 
yeah, I don't know. That that team's defense is just awful. So we'll, we'll see. All right, let's get to the bread and butter. Let's get to the meat. This is what we're here for. We're here to talk about the Ravens. This is probably one of – this is the game that everybody's going to watch this week. This will be the game. Um, and there's a lot of reasons to watch this game. Um, you know, you talked earlier about a signature win being taken away with the Chiefs. You know, I don't even think that that really was a signature win. As You know, we already saw the media take it. Patrick Mahomes is in 100%, blah, 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 put it on the defense. You know, everything was still about the Chiefs at that time. This game here, though, if we come out and beat the Ravens, this will be a signature win. This will be a win that Bill O'Brien will be able to put on his resume and, and look back on and say this is where it started. Um, this is a big game for us, John, this week. Uh, very, very challenging offense. Very, very good quarterback. Uh, Lamar Jackson's on track to bre- break every record Michael Vick has ever held, um, and he's going to probably do it within the next three weeks. So he won't even do it in a full season. Um, <clears throat> it. They're, they're a very different team than what we've played before. Uh, this this kind of reminds me of, and you'll you know you, this will you'll be able to think about this, but that that game that or that season that Colin Kaepernick had, um, and then you know the playoff run all the way to the Super Bowl against the Ravens, you know it's very very reminiscent of what they were doing there. Uh, the only difference is, is that they have a much better run game with Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards and tight end usage. Oh wait, no. <coughs> Those teams had Vernon Davis and Frank and uh, Frank Gore, I believe. Yeah, so I mean, it, they're a very similar team, very similar team. Um, what are your thoughts on the Ravens, John? I mean, the Browns beat them. See, but that okay, but that, see, so I saw this, I saw this, and people are bringing this up a lot. In the first four weeks of the season. You can't put any of that stuff in. Like, you can't that, – that holds no weight. The Chiefs beat them. That's different. That's a little different. That was later in the season. I think that was week five. Um, the Chiefs beat them, so we beat the Chiefs. Um, <clears throat> I think that's more fair than the Browns. Um, but I still – I don't like to go back. I don't like to look at what teams we've beat and then teams that – like, when you look at, like, that whole – What's that? Uh, what's it called? Uh, I don't know. It's like whatever. Anyways, um, it's a. I mean, it's an eight and eight league, and it's separated by essentially a few playmakers on each side of the ball. Um, the Ravens terrify me. They just do. Uh, they should terrify us. I mean, Lamar Jackson's legit. We have a whole podcast from a couple of years back where we worked him out, and I knew we weren't going to really draft him, but. James was like, would you trade up to go get Lamar Jackson? I said yes. And you know what? That would have been something, wouldn't it? (laughs) Well, we had Deshaun. We did. This was right when Deshaun came off his ACL. And there was talk that Lamar Jackson was going to fall all the way to the third round. Oh, that's right. I remember. And then the the Texans worked him out and everybody went nuts. (laughs) And and it's like, no, he's not falling that far. And I remember the point was you, you put me on the spot and you were like, well, would you trade up for him, even though you wouldn't have traded up for Deshaun? And I said, I learned my lesson. <laughs> um, and Lamar Jackson is one of those special type of players, and it's as much as his leadership as his athleticism. Yeah, I would trade up. I would trade up for him. I, I yeah. definitely learned my lesson from Deshaun Watson. And here's the thing. Like, Lamar Jackson is a, 
a legitimately good quarterback. He is not quite the quarterback that Deshaun is, but he's the better athlete. And Greg Roman has done an absolutely amazing job, which he has done before, of building an offense to his quarterback's strengths. And they are going to pull out some stuff that we haven't seen this year, and it's going to put a lot of pressure on our defense. And the good part is our offense can do the same to them. This is going to be one of those games that I think will be entirely controlled based on ball control. Um, whoever, it's one of those with time of possession. If we try to get into a, a slugging match with them, we actually, I mean, we have the horses. It could be, it could be entertaining. But I think that both teams are going to try and grind it out and try and limit the other quarterback. Because, I mean, Lamar Jackson is no joke. Lamar Jackson, I think you phrase it really well. Uh, he is the better athlete than Deshaun Watson. Uh, but as far as from a quarterback standpoint, he's not the better quarterback. The difference being, um, as far as the Ravens' offense, is John Harbaugh has done a really, really good job constructing that offense and building that offense around Lamar Jackson's skill set. Um, he's added speed to speed, and uh, he's given him a lot of short underneath routes. He's given him three very, very, very good tight ends. Mark Andrews is a stud. Hayden Hurst is a stud, and Boyle is a stud. All three were will would likely be a starting tight end on most teams in this league. Um, they're all very good, and they all do things differently. And then you add to the fact you have Hollywood Brown, who is very, very Tyreek Hill-esque. Very fast, rookie year, only going to get better. Um, makes, you know, the defense has to honor what he's doing on the field and put a safety over top. And then you add Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards. You add a very, you know, competent offensive line. It, it It's a very, very good offense. It, it, it's fun to watch. If, if you have not watched a Ravens game, you're in for a treat because they are fun. One of the things that I wanted to talk about, and I was talking to Preston about this earlier, is the fact that, you know, in this league, every year there's a new coach that pops up. Every year. It's a new coach. This year it's Kyle Shanahan that's getting the love. He's gotten love in the past, but because of his quarterback being hurt, he hasn't really been in the spotlight. Now he's got the Niners to 8-1. Before that, it was McVay. Also, LaFleur a little bit this year. Um, it, it happens every season. The, there's one or two coaches that tend to be overlooked every year. One of them being Harbaugh. It's, it's John, right? Jim's in... Jim's in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Harbaugh tends to consistently be overlooked, and Mike Tomlin tends to be overlooked as well. Uh, you talk about the Andy Reeds, you talk about the Bill Belichicks, you talk about the McVeighs, you talk about the Shanahans, but you never talk about the Harbaugh. And this guy won a freaking Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. Like, think about that for a second. Like, Joe Flacco is not a great quarterback. And you see what he's doing with Lamar Jackson. And then when you see the video that surfaced after, did you see that video where he was talking to Lamar? Yeah. Oh, yeah. On the, on the, well, he oh. was like, I love you, man. And yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, why, that's why the team believes in you. Yeah. And blah, blah. Like, you watch that interaction and it's like, geez, like this guy really, like this is something special in the works. And I think the Ravens are a really good team. So 
Yeah, and it's going to take a lot. Just to kind of put it in perspective, what Greg Roman has done, um, 2019 and points per drive, 2019 they're first with Lamar Jackson, 2016 he was ninth with Tyrod Taylor, 2015 11th with Tyrod Taylor, 2014 22nd with Colin Kaepernick, the year before that he was 12th with Kaepernick, the year before that he was ninth with Kaepernick and Alex Smith, and the year before that he was 12th with Alex Smith. So he's able to take below average quarterbacks and and make them fairly productive. He fooled us all into thinking Tyrod Taylor could play quarterback at a, a high level, as we saw him. Well, granted, it's the Browns, so everybody falls flat on their face. But you give him somebody – you give him a high-quality prospect with with Lamar Jackson, and right now they're scoring lots and lots of points. Yeah. Yeah, and Lamar Jackson's doing it all. Um, he's doing it on the ground. He's doing it through the air. He's averaging 6.6 yards per rush. That's insane because he runs a lot. Um, the offense isn't, like, very, like, complicated. Lots of motions. Lots of – when I say, like, fake motions, it, it's, like, it's not a fake motion. It's a real motion. But the design the design of the play is not to actually involve the motion. It's more to keep the defense honest. Um yeah, I mean, they have a great run game. Their tight ends are, are – I mean, they're, they're just a good team. They're a really good team. So, John, some of the things that you would like to see the Texans do to um, kind of slow down the Ravens' offense. Keep them off the field. <laughs> this is yeah. one of those games where I hope we don't have to see big play, Deshaun. We just see – the almost boring Deshaun that we've seen in the past couple of weeks where, you know, we just keep moving the ball, grind it out, make plays when we need to to extend drives, and limit the amount of damage Lamar Jackson can do on offense. It's it's one of those where Lamar Jackson is going to make mistakes. He is still – and when I said that he's not quite the quarterback that Deshaun is – this is not the not falling into that race bait that he's the this great athlete. No, Lamar Jackson is going to be a very good quarterback. He's just a year behind Deshaun. So it's trying to think of where Deshaun was last year. And the type of offense that Greg Roman runs doesn't give Lamar Jackson as much freedom as Deshaun Watson gets in Bill O'Brien's offense. And we talked about that a little bit last week, or we've talked about it several times, but we brought it up again last week, where Bill O'Brien's offense gives – Deshaun a lot of freedom, a lot of freedom to make calls at the line, a lot of freedom to essentially change the play even as the play is progressing. Or with Greg Roman, it's almost, well, it's not almost, it is expertly designed and it feeds off the run game. And from the looks of it, again, I haven't studied the uh, Ravens near the level that I study the Texans, but from the looks of it, it's fairly scripted, but Roman is very smart with his script. It's closer to Andy Reid than it is to Bill O'Brien. With that, if we can keep them off schedule and off the field, then, of course, we have a chance to win. Um, However, you can say that about any team. It doesn't really matter what their offensive philosophy is. Yeah. Um, I watched the All-22 of the Patriots-Ravens game. Um, And, yeah, there's just a lot of movement on the offense. Um, 
you know, Heisman package that everybody's talking about. I don't really care about that. I, I thought it was any. awesome. <laughs> it's a I mean, gimmick. No, it's no, a gimmick. no, 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 I get it. I get it. It's cool. It's cool. But it, it's really not – you're not going to run that play a lot. And it's not something you're going to see all the time. So, um, yes, you have three guys on the field who can take the ball at any given time and likely get some yards. It's pretty unique to be able to do that because – all three of those guys are really good athletes, including RG3. But, um, yeah, I think really it's going to be um, some of the things that I wrote down was just staying disciplined in your gap assignments. Um, we're going to need a somewhat of a spy um, on Lamar Jackson. I, I would assume it will probably be Zach Cunningham or Dylan Cole, if I had to guess. BMAC's not fast enough. This is one of those games where I hate to say it, but having Clowney would have been nice. Um <laughs> Because he's fast enough to be able to QB spy Lamar Jackson. Yeah, we don't have anybody on our team that is capable of, of spying Jackson. It's going to have to be a team effort. Yeah. If we try to put a spy uh, on him, he's going to eat us alive. Yeah. Uh, Patriots played a lot of man, and it looked like because they played man uh, with those corners trailing the wide receivers and tight ends, a lot of open space for Lamar Jackson to get going. Um, we might need to mix in quite a bit of man and zone. Uh, and give them different looks. Um, not not biting on the motions and the play action is going to be key. Uh, eliminating the short throws. I really wish that we had Lonnie Johnson this week. Um, and it doesn't look like we do. From what I've heard, he's still in the concussion protocol. I would love to see him lined up against tight ends. Um, I guess let's get into a little bit real quick on who we should expect back for this game. So far, from what we're hearing, um, Laramie Tunsil will be back this game. Will Fuller practiced for the first time. Uh, Jordan Pro- Jordan Thomas did practice. I would not expect him back just yet, um, as it's it's a short week, or not a short week, but it's just you know I don't see enough time for him to be able to kind of get acclimated and up to speed. Plus, Jordan Akins and Darren Phillips are doing a really good job. Uh, Bradley Roby could potentially be back, and. See him, I miss. Oh, Gibby should be back as well. Am I missing anybody else? Uh, I, think that's it. I think that's everybody. Yeah, so we're getting close to full health, which is great. Um, but yeah, I think honestly, if Zach, Cole, BMAC, and Reader, if they can have their best game that they've had, and they've had some really good games this season, if, if those three have their best game, I think this team can win. As far as our defense, that's just kind of what it's going to come down to. But you're right. I think this is going to be very similar to the Chiefs game. Time of possession, establishing the run game, because that offense can score at any given moment. And they can score quickly. And we just, without Lonnie Johnson, they scare me because we don't really match up very well against them. Um, essentially, they, you've already hit on it. They, they use three really athletic tight ends, and then Hollywood Brown to stretch the field. Their offense looks completely different when Hollywood Brown is out, but when he's playing with those tight ends and that run game, they are an absolute handful. Yeah. Um, see what else I have here on stopping the offense. Setting the edge and containing the quarterback is going to be big. Um one thing that I would say that I haven't seen too often, and this is kind of interesting when I was watching the Patriots game, is uh, Lamar doesn't slide. He doesn't really try to go out of bounds. He tries to get as much yardage as possible. 
Um, at that point, the quarterback becomes basically he, he can get hit. I wouldn't be upset if um, somebody gave him a, a, a nice nice little bruiser to just kind of let him know that, like, if you come my way, we're not we're not we're not wrapping you up. We're you come across, I'm aiming high. And if somebody got a penalty, I'd I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I'm being you, would, you wouldn't be that team, okay? Uh, honestly, sometimes it, sometimes it takes those kind of plays for that to, for them to kind of realize, all right, this is probably not the best decision for my career. But well, yeah, um, that's where Lonnie Johnson was actually a, a great enforcer, and DJ Swearinger, Swearinger continues to make a career out of doing stuff like that. So you sometimes you do need that that guy. Yeah, and I, I don't mean like I don't want him to try to hurt him. I, I just want him. If there's a free shot there and he's coming across the middle and doesn't see Justin Reed, and Justin Reed decides to lower his shoulder and kind of put it all in there, you know, comes out for a play, RG3's got to run, you know, a pistol, I would be okay with that. I would be okay with that. Uh, But I don't want uh, Lamar Jackson to get hurt. Um, They run a lot of 12 personnel. Uh... It's really about it as far as kind of what they do on offense, what we can do. Um, their defense, they have a solid pass rush. Um, it's not something that's going to light up the box score, but they do have good defensive players. Brandon Williams is probably one of the best nose tackles in the league. Uh, just doesn't get a lot of love because of the position he plays. Very similar to DJ Reader. Uh, when he was a free agent, I wanted to sign him. Um, Ju- what is it, Matt Judon, I think? Yeah, Matt Judon. He's having a good year. Um I mean, he has four sacks, but he has a lot of quarterback hits and hurries. They play a lot of man with Peters and Humphrey on the outside. Adding Peters, um, Marcus Peters has been. That's been. That's been, thing, that's been a, a nice plus for them. It was a good move. It was a very good move. He's very aggressive. He fits that defensive style, the way that they play defense. Um, they're okay with the gambles that that the cornerback like Marcus Peters takes, um, and they live with when he misses. Um, and then, obviously, they have Hall of Famer, my favorite safety in the entire league, uh, uh, safety that Deshaun Watson knows really well, really, really well, um, and Earl Thomas. So, um, But they're not, they're not the greatest defense. Um, they're just a good defense. I, I still think we'll be able to move the ball. I think they're the eighth best uh, rush defense in the league. I think they're like only allowing like 91 yards on the ground. I think you know with our offense and what we're looking to do, I think we we have to establish a run early. Lots of play action. Um, you know, with the Ravens playing a lot of man, I would expect this to be one of those weeks where DeAndre has a really good game. Um, even though Marcus Peters is good, Marlon Humphrey is good, DeAndre Hopkins is better. Uh, so if you're starting. If you have DeAndre Hopkins, this is a week to start him, in my opinion. Um, it's all going to come down to if Will Fuller can be back, as far as how I feel about this offense. I, I just He adds such a different dynamic to this team, and it really takes away a lot of the focus on DeAndre when you have a guy like Will Fuller on the outside. No, I mean, we, we love Fuller, and he makes a huge difference, but... The good thing about having Kenny Stills is 
it allows the offense to keep going. I think that it's one of those situations where, yeah, of course we're better if Fuller's out there. Like, there's no argument with that. But I don't think that with this defense, I don't know, maybe. It's one of those where I think that I've already written Fuller off as being hurt, even though he should be hopefully back, that, you know... Hopefully he does play because he he will give us the ability to come back if if we fall behind because we're going to need to stay on schedule without him. Yeah, it's going to have to be a very it's going to have to be a fast start. It's going to have to be a complete game for this team. Um, we can't come out the gates you know stumbling. We got to come out the gates ready to go uh, and swing at haymakers from the beginning. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they throw downfield uh, in the first series just to keep that defense honest. Um, <clears throat> Some of the uh, so I had a bunch of stats, key stats that I wrote down um, that I thought would be key to the Texans' victory. I think if we can limit Lamar Jackson to 30 yards rushing, um, I think that would be big. I think uh, if DeAndre gets 10 targets and over 100 yards, and I think if Duke Johnson can get 120 total yards, I think this team is in a good position to win. That actually simplified. If Carlos Hyde gets over 100 yards, we're going to win. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we've won every game that he's gotten over 100 yards on. I know, right? Isn't that an easy bet? That's a pretty easy bet. <laughs> um, I kind of kind of went out there a little bit on mine, but... Um, you look at you, you put all this work and effort into it, and I'm just like, you know, if Carlos Hyde gets 100, we win. I'm going to go with that one. Yeah, I'm going to make John write the agenda next week, so therefore I don't put two hours into my time. I'm going to make John write it. So John's now in charge of the agenda next week, so if it sucks, send it to John. Hey, I used um, to write our agendas. I used to do a good job, too. Nobody remembers the agendas back then, though. Hey. Because we three years without them. <laughs> um, then I started yeah, working I think, a billion hours a week. Yeah. Um, but I think I think this is going to be a very entertaining game. I, I, you know, I can see this going either way. I obviously would prefer for the Texans to win. I wouldn't be surprised if we lost. I wouldn't be surprised if we won. I don't think that this team has shown that. You know, actually, let me take that back. I don't think. How do you what? feel if we lose? Like, how do you feel of the team right now if we lose? It depends on how we lose, right? Like, if we lose on a field goal at the end, I think I can live with that. If we lose because the offense comes out stumbling out the gate, isn't able to sustain drives, um, a lot of three and outs, that wouldn't make me feel too good. That would make me feel like this is the same Texans team that we've seen for the last five years. And it's a shame if that's the case because we have number four quarterback, and and we should never feel that way again. Um, If we win by three, I'll feel fine. Honestly, if we won by three or lost by three, I would probably feel the same. Um... You know, this team did beat the Patriots. That's not just like a minor task. They beat them in Foxborough as well. Um, you know, Bill Belichick probably lost that game on purpose so he could see everything that Baltimore had. So when he had to play them in the playoffs, he'd be ready to go. Uh, probably playing checkers. But um, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised. I, you know, I really love watching this Ravens team. Um, I think they're a fun team to watch. It's it's going to be a great game to watch. Um, but if I had to guess... I think we lose this game. I, and, and honestly, the only reason I say that is because I think John Harbaugh is a better coach than before. This feels like one of those games that we always lose. 
and that's kind of the reason why I said that. Yeah. You know, um, right now there's kind of like a ground fire a little bit of of Deshaun Watson. Um, he's starting to get praise. He's starting to we're starting to get people that are looking at the Texans like we might be legitimate. But this just feels like one of those games that that we lose. We always seem to lose these type. We thought the Chiefs were the turning point, and then a couple of weeks later, the Chiefs have just completely fallen apart. So we'll see. I mean, this is one where if we go out, we win it, then we are right there with the Patriots for the team to be talked about in the AFC. If we go out and we lose, um, well, there's still a lot of season left, but we're pretty much exactly where we thought we or pretty much exactly where I guess we're, we all kind of thought. We're, we're outside that elite tier, um, which means that we won't be too entirely devastated when we lose, but, I mean, I'm still going to be sad. Yeah, it'll, it, it's interesting because when you have Deshaun Watson at quarterback, you shouldn't feel this way. Um. And the fact that, that that still kind of hangs over, you know, I think it could be two things. It could be one that we just haven't seen this kind of win yet while under the Deshaun Watson era, right? Um, and then two, you know, you also look at just kind of how this team has performed against the elite talent when we played them. Uh, you know, we, we, we compete with the Patriots and then lose to the Patriots. We compete with the Seahawks and we lose to the Seahawks. We compete with the Chiefs and we lose to the Chiefs, you know, not this year, but, you know, two years prior. Um, you know, we just... I don't know, I just haven't seen enough of this team against elite talent to make me feel confident that they can pull this off. I would like to say that we can do it, and I do think that we can. I think we have the team and the talent to win. Um, I think it just comes down to the coaching and just us not seeing this team perform at that level throughout this entire season, right? I mean, we've seen struggles, you know, against the Colts. We've seen, you know... We've seen all these things that haven't made us think that this team is at that point yet. And while we should feel that this team is at that point, and maybe the Jaguars game is what kind of started that, I just don't know. And that's the biggest issue I have with this team is we really just don't know what we have. And and at the end of the day, you know, I was talking to my uncle the other day, who's the most pessimistic <laughs> person in the world. Um but uh, Was that a good idea? Was that honestly a good all, idea? <laughs> it's always a good idea because it kind of gives me hope when I, when I talk to him because I'm like, you know what, you're just an old man. Uh, but when I think about it, though, you know, yeah, he always asks me, do you believe in Bill O'Brien? Do you believe Bill O'Brien can be the guy? And I always say, yes, 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 I do. I think he can. I think he can. And then after I was done talking to him yesterday, I started to think, like, do I think Bill O'Brien's the guy or do I think that Deshaun Watson is the future and can overcome Bill O'Brien. And I started to realize today that it's really more, I believe, Deshaun Watson can overcome anything that Bill O'Brien may put in his way or any obstacle that may come from his play calling or coaching. And that all boils down to just because we haven't seen enough of Bill O'Brien being able to compete in these type of games. These are the games that we lose. I mean, this is what happened for the last five years. We lose these games. We lose against good teams. We lose against good coaches. We, we lose against great quarterbacks. So I haven't seen anything to make me think that this week will be anything different. <clears throat> yeah, and by the way, 
James's uncle's awesome. He's just hateful when it comes to the Texans. Very pleasant individual. He just hates Bill O'Brien. Just, he just hates Bill O'Brien. He hates him. Great guy. Pleasant experience. And then when we start talking about Texans, it's like all the energy in the room just got sucked out. I'm like, yeah. oh. And the sad part is he's usually right. So, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm going to ask you this, though. If you could have one game in this next three three-game stretch over the next three games, Ravens, Colts, Patriots, which game would you want to win the most? Which one do I want to win the most, or which one am I okay with losing the most? Which one do you want to win the most? The Patriots. Yeah. Uh, I would agree. Now, Now that you've answered that question... If you had to circle one game that you were going to lose out of these next three games, which game would it be? The Ravens. What? Yeah. You honestly, you, you honestly think we stand a chance against the Patriots? I, if No, I mean, <laughs> this isn't a prediction. This is... No, I'm asking. I'm asking. Oh, you're asking if for you a had, prediction? If you, if you had to choose one game that you felt most... You were most confident in us losing. Which would it be? The Patriots. And that's the problem. Yeah. And that and that that to me is kind of that's what makes me have this issue or lack of faith in the team is the fact that we know that when we go up against the Patriots, we're going to lose. Yeah. Because remember, part Belichick is in Bill O'Brien's head. We've already talked about it. He. It's the uh, scene from The Waterboy. He just forgets how to coach. He just goes over there and goes, goo-goo. And no matter how the team plays, there's going to be some stupid decision on Bill O'Brien's part that's going to usually cost us cost us the game. And so I guess to me that's, that's really the biggest thing that's hanging over me when it comes to Bill O'Brien and his play calling. And what we do is – the fact that we're three weeks away and we already are confident enough to say that we're going to lose that game, with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, we should never feel that way. And the one part of the the organization that's still there that makes us feel that way is the head coach. And so I guess what I've come to realize is that it isn't my faith in Bill O'Brien. It really is my faith in Deshaun Watson. And I just don't know if Bill O'Brien is the guy. And not to get all negative, not to say that we haven't had a good season, because, yes, we have. But, I mean, when you look at who we've played and beat, I mean, have we really had a good season? You know, we beat the Chiefs, yeah. But outside of that, like, who have we beat that makes you feel really confident that this team is going to compete in the playoffs? Well, this next three weeks, we'll really be able to tell if that pendulum has swung. We'll know Sunday. We'll know on December 1st when we play the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. We'll know then what this team really is. This is the perfect three-game stretch that we could ask for as fans because every week we, we question who this team is, what they're capable of doing. And they don't shock us. When you lose to Carolina, when you lose to the Colts, it, you, nobody walked out of that thinking, I can't believe we lost. Because we all know it's a it's a potential it's a it's a possibility that that happens. These next three weeks, you know, 
if we drop to the Ravens, but we make it a close game, beat the Colts, beat the Patriots, you got to feel really good as a Texans fan. If you beat the Ravens, beat the Colts, and lose, but are competitive against the Patriots, you got to feel really good as a Texans fan. But we need to see what those we need to see those things happen before we can really feel good about this team because they've been so inconsistent. The Jaguars game is the best game that they've played all year, but it was against the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong, and you're you're just trying to make me feel sad after the bye week already. We at least wait for football to get started because we were on a pretty good high coming coming into the bye, like. You know, some good things did happen, and then between this, now, yeah, now I just, now I feel sad. I, I don't say it to make you feel sad, though. I just make it, we've always said that we're going to be realistic and 100, 100% authentic when we talk, and unfortunately, there are times where you just, you, you know, when you watch this team all the time, and when... 55% of your day is spent thinking of the Texans, and the other 45% is thought is thought is spent thinking about your family. Like, you really start to get in your own head on a lot of different things, and you really start to think about things. And then when you watch film and you do these things, it's like, you know, really, like, if you just are honest with yourself and looking in the mirror, you haven't seen anything in five years that makes you think that the outcome of Sunday and the outcome on December 1st is going to be any different. And if that's the case then at the, off, at the end of the season, we need to start having another conversation. And that's, I guess, what I'm trying to prep everybody for. And hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully this team comes in. They're ready to go against the Ravens. We beat the Colts. Maybe even we somehow beat them. If we go 3-0 and in the next three, three games, then this team's legit. This team's there. Everything I just said is wrong. I have to believe in Bill O'Brien. Yeah, well, I hate to break it to you. You've got to start preparing yourself for for another year of Bill O'Brien, no matter what. After what he's shown this year already, Bill O'Brien's our coach next year. I'm going to call it now. No matter how the next couple of weeks go, no matter how the season ends, no matter how the playoffs go, Bill O'Brien will be our coach next year. I'm just not there yet. I'm not going to say that yet. I'm not. But I will, I'm not saying it based on what I want. I'm just saying that. No, I know. That's I know, I know. what's going to happen. Are you ready for some uh, some some breaking news? What's that? I have from a source, a very 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 good source, that the Patriots have decided to not extend Nick Casario this next offseason, and that Nick Casario will be our general manager following the draft, and potentially prior to the draft. And that is from a Boston source. Nobody on Instagram DMing nobody. This is from somebody who has lived in Boston for 36 years. Well, we'll see. I still, I think that that's, I mean, that's pretty much what it, it's appeared what the plan was going to be. Um, but we'll see. And at this point, I'm not even, again, we kind of talked about this during the, uh, during the off season when he was first floated. 
again, it doesn't really matter who you pull from the Patriots. The person that makes it go is Belichick. At this point, part of me, and even when it comes to Bill O'Brien, part of me would be interested in seeing another philosophy to see if, you know, somebody else can catch lightning in, lightning in the bottle, essentially. Um, I, the, I think the Belichickian way is, is probably the safest way to build a, a winning team, but you have to be so good at scouting and so good at game planning to really make it work and taking and cherry-picking a lot of the good ideas from Belichick and then trying to fit them into your own little style. Like, it's not worked for anybody. Why do we think that it's going to work for this next group? Yep. Fair. I'm not here saying it's uh, the right move, the wrong move. It's just something that um, I was told. And it's one of those where we're, we're going to get behind it because that's what we do. We're going to pray for the best because that's what we do. Because we don't want to go for a miserable, mediocre franchise for the rest of our lives. Yeah. You know what's sad? You don't want to know what the, the worst thing that my uncle said the other day? It's literally the worst thing. Do you want to know or no? You don't have to. Uh, I mean, you've already teased it like this, so our listeners are going to want to know. He said that Deshaun Watson will never win us a Super Bowl. Because the franchise will realize that Bill O'Brien is the wrong guy too late. Yeah, he's right. But here's also the thing. It is very, very rare to win a Super Bowl. Just if you just do the math, even if everybody won a Super Bowl, it is. It would take 30 years for it to happen for us. It's very, very hard yes. to do. So when people decide to come down on that doom and gloom, like, oh, you have the wrong coach, oh, you have the wrong this, yeah, odds are you're right. I mean, if you're going to go to Vegas and you're going to place a bet, um, this coach versus the field on who's going to win the Super Bowl, the field's going to win, unless that coach is Belichick. Um, But, yeah, it's most of the time, yeah, most teams get it wrong. Every team except for one gets it wrong this year. That's just how it goes. And if we focus on the negatives, this isn't going to be any fun. With this, I will say that part of me is kind of ready. We'll see. I mean, none of this that we just talked about even matters if we sit here and we win these next couple of games. None of these even matter if we make a deep run in the playoff. We'll be excited about Bill O'Brien instead of just terrified out of our minds that yeah you're right at this point what have we done this year not too much we're, but we are six and three and that's something to still be happy about and we'll just kind of have to see how the season plays out yeah let me ask you this john what type of playoff run will it take for you to feel confident going into the next season that we have a shot It depends on how we get seeded and who we end up playing. If we go in there and we get first round humiliated by a wildcard team, that's if that happens, I don't think Bill. But if if that happens, I don't think Bill O'Brien will be here. But if that's the only situation I see. But if we lose in the divisional round against the Ravens, or we lose in the AFC Championship versus anybody, I'm I'm ecstatic. 
if we lose in the divisional round and it's a tight game against the Patriots and Bill O'Brien doesn't have a complete brain fart because he's terrified of Belichick, I'm ecstatic. If we lose in the divisional round against the Chiefs and it's something fluky, then I'm ecstatic. If we go into any of these rounds and just get embarrassed, the only game that I could stomach being embarrassed in is the FC Championship. And that will suck because we'll have to hear all winter about how much worse it is because it'll be the last one that everybody remembers and talks about. But short of that, no matter what, if we make the AFC Championship, I'm happy. If we make it to a divisional round, as long as we don't get embarrassed, I'm happy. Um... If we get just straight up embarrassed in a wildcard round or the divisional round, though, I'm, I'm going to be down on it. Do you see if the same situation happens from last year in the playoffs and it happens this year, that that may be the only situation where Bill O'Brien is let go? No, I think the only way, Belich- or, embar- I'm sorry, the only way that Bill O'Brien does not make it till next year is if we have a complete late-season collapse and we don't make the playoffs. If we make the playoffs, they're going to bring him back. He's going to have the excuse of not having a GM or trying to do too much or whatever. At this point, the team has actually invested a lot into him. Um, and for as negative as we may or may not want to be about Bill O'Brien at times, the moves that he has made, at least he, he has brought in some pretty decent players. So I think that that would give him another season. Okay. All right. What do I, I hate that we ended that way. I hate that we ended that way. Um, John, what are your predictions for the game on Sunday? I'm going to go with win, not, my not score, but just win. Um, win loss. You know what? I'm going to say we pull it off. Why? Because we're coming off a bye week. Okay. I am going to say that we lose. I think Bill O'Brien uh, has lost one game coming off a of bye. Yeah, but the other four games that he won was all against the the NFL Europe teams. Uh, it doesn't matter at this point. I'm trying to end. On, I'm trying close. to. End, I'm trying to end on a positive note because. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to end on a positive note at this point because we've had a good season so far. Like this isn't something that we should be. We shouldn't be ending on a, a negative note. This bi-week podcast shouldn't be a negative feel. Right now, I'm going to put it as which team has the better quarterback? We do. Uh, Lamar Jackson's phenomenal, but Deshaun Watson is still the better quarterback. So that's what matters, and that's why we're going to win. All right, my uncle's in my head now that we've talked about him. It's really screwing me up. I think... I think we have the team to beat the Ravens. I think we have the potential to beat the Ravens. I agree. We have the better quarterback. I think we have the better overall offense in general. Um, I'm going to retract my last statement. Trying to think clearly here. I think that we beat the Ravens. But I wouldn't be surprised if we lost. Nobody was going to be surprised (laughs) if we lost. Way to head your bets, dude. Okay, Mister. If Carlos Hyde has 100 yards rushing, where the team is three and zero, and we've had a Carlos Hyde over 100 yards rushing. Hey, I still and stand with that by being that. Said, That's an uh, easy bet, not a hedging my bet. 
I don't think we have any bad takes. I didn't see any bad takes except for Adam Clanton's just the worst. Um, yeah, I didn't see any bad. You see any bad Twitter takes this week? I mean, all the clowning stuff that that gets put in the bad take folder. But um, you see any bad takes on Twitter this week? Um, nothing too terrible. Um, yeah, I, I think really I should have saved it, and I completely forgot to. But there was a comment about um the Titan. Pretty much, we kind of we. We kind of talked about it a little bit. It's just like, see, the Titans um, beating the Chiefs uh, invalidates, like, the Texans win versus the Chiefs or something like that for a signature mm-hmm. win. But we all kind of knew that. We all kind of already talked about it. But I just hated the way it was worded at the time. Yeah. No, I think I don't think anything any, any team does. It's football. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. I, I don't think what another team has done can take away from what the other team has done. So... Um, I don't take anything away from that Chiefs game. We were the better team that week. We won. Um, is what it is. Uh, all right. Um, well, with that being said, you know where to find us. Outro will take care of the rest. Uh, signing off for Texans Unfiltered this week. I am a young artist. Hey, before old. we sign off, did you already watch The Mandalorian? I did. Is it good? Yes, it is. I, I don't know if it's for everybody. Um, it's kind of slow. There's not a lot of, like, um, there's not a lot of substance yet, but um, you can see with that it's going to be good. Uh, it's beautifully shot, um, but the stuff on Disney Plus for me, I, I'm, I love Star Wars. It was one of my favorites before Marvel came into the picture, at least Marvel Universe. Um, but they've just let me down so much with the last two Star Wars movies that it's been really hard for me to get back into Star Wars. Uh, I loved Rogue One. But I'm talking about, like, the actual Star Wars franchises. They've just been okay to me. Um, so I wasn't really into The Mandalorian. I was super stoked to watch. Um, today I spent all day watching uh, the X-Men animated series and um, the 1994-95 Spider-Man animated series. Um, and then all of the Simpsons are on there. So that'll be cool. And then they have, like, a lot of the Disney movies out of the vaults, and then they have, I think, like, 16 MCU movies. Um, it, it's a really cool platform. Uh, they're definitely going to have to diversify, like, their originals, and they're doing that with Loki and Falcon and Winter Soldier and the what-ifs and all the stuff that they're doing in the MCU. But if, if they want to build on this, they're going to have to have um, more original content because for adults who are the ones that subscribe and pay for the subscription – they're going to have to have more than animated series and, and movies to be able to keep the audience. I just wanted to know if I should go watch The Mandalorian before I go to bed. Uh, yeah, you should watch it before <laughs> you go to bed. Yeah, it's really good. It, it's good. I, I think it's going to be a really good series. I think they're just, I don't know. It's, it's a pretty, it's a very different story for them to pick to do a series on. Um, because it's a bounty hunter. And, you know, Star Wars, they do bounty hunters really well with Boba Fett and things like that. So the the story is potentially there. It's going to be, he doesn't say much. There's not a lot of dialogue, um, not a lot of backstory as to why, who this Mandalorian is in the first episode. So it's going to be one of those series where it, it's two or three episodes in oh, before so, you realize. So they haven't released all of them. They just released the one episode? 
Yeah, it's once a week. Okay. Or they're going to do another one on the 15th, so what's that, Friday? Yeah. There'll be another episode Friday. I think maybe it's twice a week. I'm not sure, but okay. um, yeah, yeah, they're making sure that you keep your subscription. <laughs> For more than a day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. But I would watch it before you go to bed. Okay. Fair enough. All right. With that being said, I am Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We will catch you guys next week. Loved this episode of Texans Unfiltered? We'd love for you to be a Patreon supporter. Your support allows us to provide you with the best Texans podcast possible. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod and everywhere podcasts can be found. And join our community on www.texansunfiltered.com or on Discord at Texans Unfiltered. Thank you for listening. Until next time.